Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Big Footy Draftcast. I am, of course, the Wookiee with me tonight. Two stellar people uh, in the footy community. Big Footy's own PM Bangers. Good evening. How are you doing? I'm great, Wookiee. Thank you for having me. And we're joined tonight by Draft Central's own expert and friend of the working class man, Peter Williams. Good evening. Yeah, good to be here. Looking forward to getting stuck into uh, plenty of women's footy content ahead of the draft next week. And there has been a lot on. Uh, the under-19 uh, competitions have finished, I think, or they're ongoing. Um, the draft is coming up in, like, a week and a half. There's uh, yeah. pl plenty going on. People nominating for places, unsuspecting, you know. Yeah, it's um, less than, basically, yeah, it's less than a week away now. Five sleeps, I think. So we're, we're almost there. So... Uh, the under-19 competitions, they have finished, haven't they? I think I saw the uh, the competition results are up. Yep. Yeah, so um, we had the Navalee Girls was the first to finish, and that's the um, the Victorian exclusive under-19s competition. We had Oakley Chargers come in and, and win that premiership from... Uh, I'm not sure that they were really considered one of the, the real, real contenders at the start of the year, but they sort of came along and only lost the one game all year, so it was pretty dominant. Yeah, uh, like last year they had a pretty... they In the limited season, they had two thrashing wins, but then they had a heap of players drafted, so it was going to be whether the next group could stand up, and they certainly did. And, um, yeah, they only lost to Geelong during the season and then played them in the grand final and, and turned the tables on them. So um, that was really good. And, and, again, Oakley are looking like they're probably, off the top of my head, along with Geelong, have uh, the most players drafted from that NAB League perspective. And any outstanding, uh, any outstanding performers there? Uh, yeah, so Amanda Ling, a 19-year-old inside midfielder from the Oakley Chargers, won the best on ground in the grand final. Um, so she was the best on the day, but both teams just have so many top-line prospects in the works, you know. I think Oakley have probably the most uh, spoken about one going into the draft in Charlie Rowbottom. Obviously, as you mentioned, pulled off that surprise and nominated Queensland for a draft zone. Um, you know, Stella Reid as well, a utility. She's one of the better ones available and in going into the Vic pool. Let me just touching on that uh, that nomination for Queensland by Robottom. How how big a surprise is that? Yeah, it, it sort of came as a shock because I think most people uh, expected that she'd be the one that Geelong go for, given that she's got you know sort of uh, I guess a little bit of a connection there. But yeah, obviously. I think, as, as people have said, is that maybe Geelong and St Kilda expected it to happen and Gold Coast just swooped in and sold her a really uh, good package. Hmm. All right, so the VFLW, uh, the league has announced the grand final coming up will be played after the draft, obviously, um, but the players nominated in the draft will be expected to play for their respective teams in the grand final regardless. Um, how's that comp travelling? Well, we've still got a preliminary final coming up, which is uh, Essendon and Geelong, uh, and the winner plays Collingwood. So, uh, of course, Collingwood having that extra week off have now had an extra few weeks off. Uh, so it's going to be very interesting, uh, unprecedented really into the grand final because it means that we don't know when. Hopefully, touch wood that it'll be, you know, not this weekend, but the following weekend, hopefully, if everything gets up. Um, and then if that's the case, then Collingwood's had, what, the almost four weeks off by the time they have they get to the grand final. So uh, very unorthodox, I think, for, for that. Uh, but it'll be very interesting to see who wins out of Geelong and Essendon because uh, Essendon have a lot of great young talent uh, that's going to feature in the draft. And, and Geelong's got a few as well and, and 
a number of them have actually been listed now uh, as of today. Uh, so they've got quite a few that are that are running around as well. So uh, very competitive there. But Collingwood obviously haven't lost a game all season, so it'll be up to the winner of the uh, preliminary final to see if they can take them down in the grand final, which if uh, I know anything from history is very possible knowing Collingwood and grand finals. So, yeah, um, it's going to be very interesting. Yeah, and uh, any surprises there in the VFLW so far? Uh, in terms of, like, the way that they went, obviously Collingwood uh, coming through have impressed uh, the whole season. They've done that for a couple of years where their VFLW program's really, really strong. I think the biggest surprise for me during the year was um, the standout performers haven't come from necessarily the top teams. Like, Collingwood's had a really consistent year and they've had a few that I think have put their hand up for for draft calculations. Uh, Olivia Ma, who came out of Eastern Rangers, got a draft combine invite. You've got key forward uh, Imogen Barnett, who won the goal kicking. She's a chance. And, and Matilda Zander out of Norwood, originally from Gladstone, uh, is another chance as a mid-forward. But for me, I think North Melbourne have really produced quite a few players that um, maybe you weren't suspecting at the start of the year. Their new skipper, Megan Keeley, came from Tassie. Um, she's permanently in Victoria now. Uh, but she came on, had an absolutely outstanding season. I think she's probably favourite to win the league, best and fairest. You've got Sarah Skinner, who's, again, come from Tassie. She travels each weekend to, to come play footy, so she's eligible under the Tassie rule where North can take her um, you know, towards the end of the draft. And she's been fantastic as well, so she's been great. And Molly Eastman's another one who's really performed strongly for, for North, who might be considered by some. Uh, they, they've just got... Uh, quite a few that are coming through and I, I think there will be a number of VFLW players that are considered uh, by their clubs at AFLW level and, and those that perhaps don't have that alignment will be considered like those at Essendon for example will be considered for other clubs so it's definitely been a really good uh, competitive season for, for players to put their hand up as mature ages and and get considered for the AFLW draft. And even if it's not this year, then we know that clubs are coming in in the next few years. So that it's it's getting their hands up in advance, particularly when it comes to Essendon or Hawthorne, uh, to really, you know, cement themselves as a, as a future AFLW player. And the league, of course, the, uh, the AFL are uh, saying that they are adamant the league will continue to completion this year. So we should expect uh, a grand final at least. Yeah, no, that, that'll be really good. I, I think that's what the players want. They deserve it. You know, they've played the whole year. Uh, I think after the sort of debacle last year, which, you know, obviously it's hard with the pandemic and everything, but obviously the AFLW season didn't get finished. Um, and I know for Fremantle fans in particular, that would have stung a bit considering their year and then obviously didn't quite get to the same heights this year. But, um you know, not being able to complete it, there's that little bit of, you know, um, not quite, yeah, sort of gut feeling going, geez, what could have happened? But um, it's the way it goes. But this year they've got more time. Like, there's no rush. Uh, obviously, they have the draft, but if even if it doesn't start, like, they don't do training till probably September, I think. So they've got time to play out the rest of the season. And it's only, you know, the two matches. So um, definitely a good decision to keep playing out the season and award a premier. Okay, so over to my neck of the woods and the Sanford W, where the Gwinnell won the grand final this year. Um, how's that competition shaped up? Yeah, well, SA's, uh, it's always an interesting competition because obviously it's only the Crows over there. But we have seen, as in you know previous years, is that a lot of girls don't get drafted, even if they are good enough, and they'll find themselves onto other clubs' lists 
as uh, undrafted free agents on the next day. So it looks like we'll probably have a few of those sorts again this year, which Pete's probably a little bit more well-versed than I am. All right. I was going to throw a question at you, but, yeah, you've you've jumped off quickly before that. So, um, yeah, so, like, there's, there's quite a few that got uh, draft combine invites there. You've got a couple of AFLW Academy members, Zoe Prowse and Gypsy Shermer. Uh, Prowse is a ruck who is so athletic that she started playing midfield. So as a 177-180 midfielder, it's quite challenging with uh, her ability in the air and at ground level. Sherm is a really athletic type. She usually plays forward but has spent time playing as a wing and even half back late in the uh, year. So she's fantastic. One youngster who's really stepped up this year is Brooke Tonin. Um, got thrown around a bit in her bottom age year last year for Glenelg. She played in a premiership this year, but she's one who's had an absolutely outstanding year and for me she's gone into the third spot on their sort of I guess list if you like uh, a few other names to consider Zoe Venning and Abby Ballard both from West Adelaide they you know they've had great years Venning uh, obviously was all Australian she won West Adelaide's best and fairest which um, was outstanding because she played the same amount of games that Lauren Young who as we know 15 year old absolute gun uh, won the league best and fairest. She actually beat her in the in the West best and fairest, despite playing the same amount of games, which is very very interesting. Um, but yeah, she's had a great year. Uh, Lauren Brigette at C- uh, Central District. She's uh, a forward, good overhead, strong, can play inside mid as well. She's one that I'm glad got a combine invite because she's one I quite like. Still think got a bit to improve on, but she's very very exciting. Um, and uh, Ta- uh, Talita Buethki as well. She's just elite sort of in terms of her athletic traits. So very, very quick, really hard worker, good runner, um, raw prospect, but very, very exciting. So there's quite a few there. And, and the fact with the sample women is, is they get to play against players like Ebony Marinoff and and not this year, but last year and Hatchard played. And, you know, they, they've got that experience playing against uh, AFLW players to test themselves. And um, yeah, there, there's been quite a few, and they showed at the AFLW Under-19 Championships that, you know, they matched it with Vic Country for a half, and Vic Country went undefeated. So it was very, very exciting in, in that regard. But Glenelg, in many ways, were quite a bit of a surprise winner because they weren't... Norwood finished on top, and Glenelg were pretty solid throughout the year and, and looked pretty good, but uh, Norwood was the team to beat, and unfortunately, they didn't have as many uh, AFLW players coming back, so... They had Najwa Allen coming back, but like Glenelg had Ebony Marinoff, which was outstanding. And you've got Caitlin Gould as well. And, you know, those two are just brilliant. And yeah, the West Adelaide had quite a few as well that were coming back. And I think that makes a huge difference running into finals. But full credit to Glenelg. Uh, they had the youth that were coming through that were very, very good. Uh, and yeah, they were just consistent and the best team uh, throughout the final series and on grand final day. Okay, well, let's head further west where uh, Peel evidently won a final there. How's the the WA comp going? (laughs) Yeah, sorry to to cut you off there. WA are, again, um, you know, a really strong, uh, I guess, draft zone this year to feed Fremantle and West Coast. So hopefully uh, that'll sort of pump both of them up. And Peel just had, you know, a lot of depth. They've got the likely number one WA pick this year and, the same again for next year in their team so they obviously know how to produce some talent down there cool. yeah um all right um sorry, you're sorry, you're sorry, <laughs> so yeah Pe- Pe- peel um to give you an idea for those who don't know peel 
uh, won the wooden spoon in 2019. They had a change of coach, shook it up a little bit. So they were last by a long way um, last year. But what they did was they played a bunch of kids um, and a 15-year-old, Courtney uh, Rowley at that stage, won their best and fairest. So that was the state they were in, a 15-year-old winning it. Um, you know, they had so many kids that were coming through, but they kept persisting with them. And then a year after winning the Wooden Spoon, they won the premiership last year. They came from nowhere. All the kids started improving and, and got to the top. And then this year they came back. Obviously, they were suddenly the, the team to beat. They finished second on the ladder. Swan Districts finished on top. But then just as they were getting to full strength at the end of the year, you could see Peel were hitting their straps and they beat Swans the only time that Swans lost all year. So um, they beat them uh, late in the season. I think that was the penultimate round they beat them and then uh, basically played off in the qual uh, qualifying final and knocked them off there. And the league in advance names the home final and they actually named... Um, Peel's home ground, as the, which is David Gray's arena, they actually named that as the grand final venue. So it's not like a, a neutral venue. They just pick a random venue. And they named Peel's um, before the final series. And then Peel won the qualifying final. Uh, and so they got a home grand final. Um, and then they won in front of their home fans. So they won back-to-back -back flags. And, yeah, they've, they've just got so much talent that's sort of oozing through that Peel uh, lineup. And, and quite a lot of those young kids... Uh, actually was still playing and their back-to-back premiers. And, and Rowley actually didn't play. She was actually injured on the day. So she wasn't available to play. But, yeah, they had a lot coming through there. And it's worth noting that Sarah Verry is a, a Peel player and she was very high up. Uh, she could have potentially gone above Bella Lewis last year if she played the full year. But she was clearly a standout um, with Bella Lewis and everything last year. And now she's, you know, come back and played some good footy and, um, Ella Roberts is the one for next year. She's probably the best player in next year's draft. So um, another Peel player that's just unbelievable for her age. So, um, yeah, great great signs for the future. But between Peel and Swans, I just love watching those two going at it because they've got so much uh, development and so much talent in them that not just this year but future years as well, they're, they're definitely exciting to watch. Excellent. And now up to Queensland, where the University of Queensland turned out to be the premiers this year. How are we seeing things up north? Yeah, so um, it's worth noting. So Bond University, the runners-up, are, are a you know big supplier of um, Gold Coast talent, and Maroochydore, who played in the prelims against Bond University, a big supplier of talent for Brisbane. So it's good to see those two teams doing well, as a lot of the underage girls are in that team. But yeah, it came down to University of Queensland ending up winning it, and a lot like uh, I guess South Australia and, and Western Australia's AFLW players come back down after the season and play in so uh university of queensland had you know dakota davidson and, and greta Bodie from the aflw sides come in and, and kick six goals between them in the grand final so those are pretty handy inclusions for there yeah, davidson won the medal for for best on um which was a, a great performance from her and and they got up and, and got the win obviously bond were the better team throughout the year but again we've seen that minor premiers don't always win and we've literally just seen that in uh south australia wa and queensland where the minor premier hasn't gone on to win the grand final so that's not looking good for collingwood in the vflw if we're basing off that but um yeah all these teams it shows what happens on the finals and and particularly grand final day they can sort of step up so I mean, it's great experience for for the players like, you know, Michaela Pagger, as, as we sort of have touched on in other sort of mediums that 
she's one to definitely watch uh, from a Bond University perspective. Tegan Levi, who will probably be their top Queensland per se prospect. She's another Bond girl that uh, didn't play in that game, but she's one that's obviously very, very exciting. And um, they've got quite a few that are rolling through there and through the other one, uh, as you mentioned, Marucci Dor. So um, quite a good time for all of them. Uh, but yeah, definitely with Queensland, University of Queensland, clearly the best team on the day. You know, they just kicked away. They were actually down by 13 points at half time, and then kicked, what is it, 11 goals to two after half time, and just, yeah, won the game. So fantastic effort in that second half and um, they got the premiership. Excellent. Now, in the Sanford W, Lauren Young from West Adelaide uh, won the Rising Star, apparently? Yeah. And the league best and fairest. So, yeah, she's 15. So, um, she also won the, uh, you know, MVP for South Australia at the championships uh, and All-Australian. Uh, yeah, she's, if she was available uh, in this year's draft, she'd go pick one. I, that's just the reality of it. She's uh, 179 centimetres, uh, able to take a contested mark. Um, to give an idea of how good she was, there's West Adelaide said prior to the season that if they were allowed, they would have played her at 12 years old in the senior comp. That is like, and when I was sort of hearing that, I was like, oh yeah, this will be, this will be interesting. Because she was built up so much from her club saying how good she was going to be. And I was thinking that, you know, oh, this debut in round one has to be something out of the box. And she had the most disposals, marks and rebound 50s playing as a midfielder um, in the entire Sanford women's for round one. So, um, very few things surprise me, uh, but yeah, my jaw definitely hit the floor when I saw her round one performance. And since then, she's just you know been doing what she does, and and nothing surprises anymore because she's phenomenal, really. And I know like obviously PM Bangers saw her at the champs after I spent most of the months leading up to the champs telling him how good she is and. Um, showing highlights, but uh, yeah, it was uh, yeah. She she put on a show and 37 touches in in that second game uh, after you know just the 29 in the first at the champs um, just shows just how good she is. Yeah, uh, Ella Smith won the league best and first in the Waffle W comp. Uh, how are you rating her? I guess I'll t- take this one as well. So she's um captain of. Claremont there so she's uh, a bit of an inside midfielder she actually played for WA a few years ago we did have an interview with her on the uh, on draft central so we actually chatted to her in a draft year which was 2018 Uh, so we chatted to her at the champs and everything like that Uh, she's a real leader she's been leading there since pretty much she was a teenager so um, stands up wins the hard ball um, still got some areas to sort of iron out, um, but, you know, her attack on the footy, she can play forward, generally will just lead through the middle. She's that type of player that you just want on your side. Um, she's going to, you know, put in a four-quarter effort. Even if she makes a mistake, she'll do everything in her power to win it back. Um, a real strong, hard-working player. And um, even when Claremont aren't going well, she's always one that stands up and, you know, she's hitting uh, targets going forward and she's able to kick goals herself when she can get there but definitely inside midfielder just really fierce uh sort of tackler loves the contested ball just thrives on it so she's one that could get a chance at aflw level at some stage and not out of the question uh at the moment but uh obviously didn't get a combine invite but she's one that i think would be really good as a sort of emergency step up player so 
um, definitely ready-made uh, if was to come in and, and already, you know, captaining Clermont. So one that uh, stands out uh, from a midfield perspective. Okay, obviously no uh, best and fairest yet announced for the VFLW. That comp's still going. Uh, I don't think we've had one for the Quaffle W yet. I know. No, no. they do it post-season. Yeah, they usually do go. it with um, with the men's as well once that's done. So just just uh, spur of the moment question here. I know you love these. Uh, of, of all these comps, the VFLW, the Sanford W, the Waffle W, the Quaffle, um, does AFL New South Wales not run a women's comp? Um, or am I just ignorant here? No, they they do. Um, it's just probably not at, at quite the quality or exposure that the other other states give their comps. So um, AFL Premier Sydney, uh, I believe, is who runs the Premier Women's Comp over there, and there's not much coverage of it. Right. And so they also run Cam- AFL Canberra as well. So there's the two main comps, pre- like the AFL Sydney premier league and then there's the afl canberra for those in the act so they're the two main ones and then they've got a bunch of other like division twos and you know other leagues that are around so it's not like there's one like major state league like there isn't like uh you know the new south wales afl type thing there's just sydney premier league for those in that region and then they've got some up a little bit north and south and like they've got a whole bunch of little like leagues around the place but afl sydney's the the top one for for that sort of new south wales uh group but mostly for those in sydney because obviously it's in that region and then afl canberra's the major one uh over in canberra obviously okay so of, of the vfl and the sandfall and the waffle and the quaffle which one is uh how, how are they developing like as a competition like, are we seeing improvement or are we because well, one of the criticisms that you hear from ignorant people on the boards, uh, particularly on Big Footy and on Facebook and places like that, is that women's footy isn't developing. Like, it's not developed far enough to justify its existence, if you like. Um, how are we seeing the state comps coming along since uh, inception? Obviously, um, obviously the yeah, VFL, sorry. obviously the VFLW coming out of. Uh, the Victorian, the existing Victorian league that's been around for thirty years, but the others are kind of more recent. Yeah, so naturally it improves as we see these younger girls continue to step up. And I think that's always been the messaging from AFL. And I think most people that um, think critically about it is that, you know, the AFLW is still a relatively fresh league. So you can't expect it to have a long-term impact in just the, what's it been, five or six seasons. Mm. Excellent. Well, I mean, I think that's what most reasonable people think is that, development is going to take time um but we are starting to see it like some really good prospects come through obviously and we're going to talk about those shortly um but first off uh, before we do that quickly the under 19 national championships yeah this was this is a good watch it was meant to be uh up in queensland but they unfortunately had that sort of um circuit breaker lockdown up there in april so it got moved to victoria and, and we got to see um pretty much all the games live which was really good we had uh, before the official championships, you have your, your challenge matches. So South Australia uh, hosted Western Australia and beat them by uh, just the six points. And then Vic Country uh, fairly comprehensively beat Vic Metro in that challenge game by uh, 24 points. Cool. And then, yeah, Country went undefeated. Um, obviously, uh, you know, South Australia ended up Everyone sort of had a win in the end, which was the interesting thing. Um, 
you know, that they WA beat the Allies, then the Allies beat SA, um, and obviously Metro won uh, against WA in that second game. Uh, and then Country was the only team that went, uh, you know, undefeated. They beat Queensland. So everyone other than Queensland had a win, but Queensland only played the, uh, the one game, so they didn't get a chance to get any form on the board. But uh, all those who played, you know, the two games had a win. So it was great to see that it was uh, really competitive uh, overall and that all the teams were able to gel together, particularly the Allies, which was incredibly tough considering they just sort of basically meet a few days before, um, join together and have have to play, which is um, really hard because it's Northern Territory, Tasmania and New South Wales AT. ACT so they all combine for a state and um, yeah it's, it's obviously really challenging to try and get some kind of a game plan in, in action and um, you know they were beaten uh, fairly well by WA in that first uh, game and then they came back and upset South Australia despite a late comeback from SA but um, it was really impressive for the Allies to, to get on the board there and uh, outstanding uh, performers uh, so you've got your, your team MVP winners. So we had uh, two of those are eligible for next year's draft in uh, Alla Roberts, who we mentioned earlier from WA, and then um, Cynthia Hamilton, who's a GWS Academy member, won the Allies MVP. And then uh, another one that we mentioned earlier off the bat was Lauren Young from South Australia, who won the SA State MVP. And then Jade Anthony, who's a, a really handy and composed defender for Vic Country, uh, ended up winning theirs. Okay, well, very quickly, we've got a time escapes us here. So we need to just uh, look at the prospects coming up as we head into the draft. Um, what's uh, what's happening with the AFLW Academy? Uh, so I, I can touch on this from a Vic point of view, at least, is um, obviously being sort of Academy girls, they've had eyes on them all throughout the year, and they've all impressed. We had a, a couple of late call-ups in Georgia Campbell and Tess Craven from Victoria as well, who... Um, it, you know, impressed sort of throughout the year in their NAB League and Championships campaigns. Um, sort of some of the really relevant ones to look out for would be Talia Gillard. She's a 190-centimetre ruck slash tall forward from Cola Cannons. Um, obviously, you've got your Georgie Prasparkas, your Charlie Rowbottom. Uh, you've got two uh, GWV Rebels girls in Nike Dojic, who's a uh, tall defender, and um, Ella Friend, who's sort of a, a tall utility and plays a little bit on the wing as well so there are some of the ones to look out for from Vic Pete yeah and across uh the rest of the country you've obviously we, we've touched on a lot when we talk about the uh different uh state leagues if you like but uh, obviously in SA you've got Zoe Prowse I've uh, mentioned athletic ruck who's played midfield can play forward a uh, really exciting prospect. She's been. She was there in the bottom age academy. They didn't have any bottom ages this year. So, but she was one from the previous year. Uh, Gypsy Shermer. I also touched on uh, athletic type. Can play anywhere. Real utility. Over in WA, uh, Rowley I mentioned for Peel. You know, just so exciting. Uh, Georgia Patrikios like. She's very very exciting on that outside. Loves running on the wing. Um, playing forward. Can play back as well. I know. At the start of the year, the Peel Thunder coach said he would have loved to have cloned her, um, basically, because she can play anywhere and just so clean with it. Um, and, you know, she's someone who went inside for the champs, so she uh, added that string to her bow as well. So just a real complete player. And um, the other ones over in W are Amy Franklin, who's probably, um, you know, one of the best key position players right up there, sort of just behind, say, Slender and, and Friend. Um 
and you know she she's one who can play at either end really exciting um i think i don't know if you mentioned slender before but yeah she's one that can play at both ends so franklin is really athletic uh you know can when it hits the ground it's so amazing to watch her actually not only beat smaller opponents but uh add extra distance on them and then Charlie Thomas is the other AFLW Academy member over in WA. Subiaco only played the one game, then unfortunately suffered a wrist injury, which she was hoping to get back for champs, but she didn't manage it. And uh, basically she didn't play another game. So that was a little bit challenging for her. But 175 centimetre uh, midfielder can play forward though. Uh, so quite versatile, like a lot of these talents. So then the three over in WA. Uh, and then up in Queensland, we've touched on most of them. Levi... Uh, exciting talent, um, basically the most complete player realistically in terms of her ability, uh, athleticism, ball winning, uh, inside winning, can win on the outside. Um, you know, she's got that burst out of the stoppage, very clean by hand or foot. So, like, it's rare to see all those traits in one player. So, very, very exciting player. Uh, and then you've got uh, Pagger, as we mentioned. Uh, she uh, came down to Bond University out of Maroochydore. She's a very, very clean forward, can play up the ground, but mostly high half forward, uh, but very creative inside 50. So someone who's um, nominated the Lions, uh, she did move to Gold Coast for the academy, uh, for the uh, scholarship at Bond Uni, but yeah, she's nominated the Lions, so that'll be very good for her. Uh, another one out of Maroochydore is Maggie Harmer, who uh, plays off halfback, can play a wing, uh, very slick with her decision-making and her kicking. Uh, very good overhead. Uh, tough as well, so can play multitude of roles uh, across the ground. And if we go down to New South Wales, you've got Jess Doyle uh, in there. Uh, very exciting. Sydney Swans Academy member. Uh, so she's one that, as much as Declan hates to admit it, will probably uh, go to the Swans when they come in because very exciting. Captain of the Swans this year. Um, again, clean uh, above her head. Very raw, but exciting in front of goal. Ali Morford is one that's the Giants Academy, plays with Murray Bush Rangers in Vic, but uh, she came second as a 16-year-old in the AFL Canberra League best and fairest, and that was against a you know half dozen or so AFLW players. So very exciting for her as a, a youngster. She's a ruck, very strong overhead, got a deceptively high vertical leap, so she's not too bad in that regard, but very strong overhead, very competitive. And then we've moved down to Tassie. You've got Perry King, who's the other AFLW Academy member, uh, she got included this year and very exciting. Uh, got that burst of speed out of the stoppage. Uh, and although she's known for her sort of offensive work and getting the ball forward, winning the clearance and getting it inside 50, her defensive work is just as good. So she usually averages around nine or 10 tackles a game um, through NAB League and the champs. So very defensive player that has offensive weapons as well. So very exciting player. And obviously being a part of the Tassie link gets... Uh, attached to North Melbourne. So um, quite a few good academy players running around uh, that are very versatile and have different traits that are exciting. Uh, I did want to talk about the combine for a little bit, but uh, time is, as I said, running away from us. But it is interesting to note that uh, Queensland's Madison Goodwin set a record uh, for the vertical jump at 64 centimetres, only to have that broken shortly after by uh, the West Australian Sarah Lackey. Um, so big things going on at the combine. Yeah, Lackey's a very uh, athletic type, uh, clean hands, very good uh, ruck and, you know, works hard at ground level as well. Someone who came from a basketball background, so she's still learning her ruck craft, but her 
uh, taps to advantage are very good, and she's definitely one that I think the club that picks up Amy Franklin, the other WA club will pick her up. So they're the two key tools uh, in this draft, so it'll be exciting to see where she goes. All right, so with the draft coming up next week, um, who's your top picks for the draft? Uh, I think it's probably easiest to do it state by state. So Victoria, uh, I think it's pretty easy, is uh, Georgie Prasparkas, and that makes Queensland pretty easy as well with Charlie Rowbottom nominating there. Yeah, uh, SA, you'd expect Zoe Prowse, uh, yeah, AFLW Academy member. Um, in terms of um, the New South Wales, uh, theoretically, I think, and I think, um, you know, PM Bangers agree with me, most of us, if we were doing an order of best players, we'd probably have Jess Doyle as the top New South Wales ACT. But being the Giants, uh, we have a feeling that Ali Morfitt might be the first selection there, being an actual Giants Academy member. Um, in WA, it'll be very close between Rowley and Franklin. Rowley, I feel, is the best overall prospect in WA. She's very consistent, good midfielder. And West Coast can pick up uh, Lackey as a tall, but they know that whoever they don't pick out of Rowley and uh, Franklin, the other one will go to Fremantle. So it's going to be a, a very tough choice for the, for the Eagles, but either way, they're getting a star. So very exciting times. Excellent. Uh, well, that's about all we have time for, guys. Uh, thank you very much for participating. Thank you, uh, PM Bangers, for coming on and talking about things. No worries. Thanks for having me. <laughs> thank you very much, Peter Williams from Draft Central, for coming on and sharing your wisdom and knowledge with us. Not a problem. Really enjoyed it. And uh, just a reminder that on the uh, next week, the draft will be on. I have no idea where it's being shown or if it's being shown. It's presumably streamed on the AFL website. Uh, yeah, on the women's website. Yeah. And Tuesday, 6.45. Yes, there it is. Tuesday, July the 27th. So, uh, big things to be happening. We'll, uh, we'll have a live thread running on the Big Footy uh, podcast. Oh, sorry, the Big Footy uh, forum in the women's section for those of you that follow us there and try not to get into fights with other posters. Play nice, people. Play nice. Uh, if you're interested in the men's side of things or in the draft in general, the Big Footy Draft and Trading Board is there for you as well. And if you're interested in other things draft-related, obviously you can visit Draft Central. Thanks very much, guys. No worries. No worries. We'll see you next time. <laughs>